You're listening to Above the Mug, a podcast that highlights people whose passions drive their life. My name's Lucas Spinoza, and I own a coffee shop. Every day I get to speak with dozens of interesting people. Today I sit down with one of them to hopefully inspire you to live your life passion forward. What is going on, everybody? It's your friend Lucas Spinoza coming at you from my office inside of the Black Sheep right here in Welland, Ontario. And holy smokes, it has been a year and a half almost. I think actually a little bit more because it was October of 2020, the last episode we did. So it's been a hot minute. But the good news is we're back. And uh, when you're listening to this, it should be June 5th. Uh, We're going to be doing weekly scheduled podcasts every Sunday at noon as we were pre-COVID. So without further ado, our first guest in 2022, we have Connor Johnstone, who is the illustrator and co-owner at Quite All Right, which is a design studio here in Welland. Um, you have seen their work before in other avenues, which we'll touch on, uh, but really stoked to have you here, Connor. How are you? Uh, I'm very well, Lucas. Thanks for having me. I, I super appreciate it. Happy to be uh, first one back, first crack at it. Very, no, very I'm cool. so stoked, man. It's, uh, I was so nervous about bringing this back because I'm like, I, I haven't done my spiel in a while. I need to make sure that this is, uh, it's going to flow okay, but it's good. And that's why I'm kind of stoked that it's you here first, because we've known each other for a bit, but probably known each other a little bit better now in the past couple of years than, than before. So um, for those people that don't know, uh, Connor and Quite All Right are responsible for a lot of the, the merch that you've seen at the Black Sheep, um, but also the newest rebrand at Black Sheep. So. Why don't, we, uh, why don't we start there? How did you get into design in the first place? Did, were you someone who just liked doodling or you knew you wanted to get into uh, the digital design? Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends how far back we go, but uh, I, I've... Infancy. Yeah, infancy. Infancy. <laughs> well, then, yeah, I, I came out knowing I was a graphic designer, but no, um, I was always very, uh, very good with a pencil. Like from a very young age, I like to doodle. I like to sketch. I like to draw. Um, you know, all that nerd culture stuff. Love video games, love comic books. So it was just kind of a, a natural... Um, outlet for my my art um, and it was just a matter of kind of just constantly polishing that craft and eventually it just became like it, it made a lot of sense to you know translate that into a, a profession that was was art based so um, that that might be the, the quickest simplest no, form of huge. an answer but yeah yeah typically it's kind of just always been part of part of what I dug and what I was proud of and what I was excited for so that's awesome, a lot of man. sense no, I, I, I always find it interesting because everyone I talk to on here, um, a lot of people think it's, I bring people on that it's a hobby mm-hmm. and I have nothing against hobbies. You should have a hundred of them if you want a hundred or one if you want one. Mm-hmm. But my biggest goal with this is to show people how you can make a living doing what you mm-hmm. love, right? For sure. And people have to pay their dues too. It's not, not everyone gets to start doing what they love immediately. Oh, certainly. Um, I mean, this, this certainly was a hobby for me for a long, long time, you know, before yeah. it ultimately culminates and you take the appropriate steps to get yourself, you know, pointed in the right direction. But yeah, it's, for, sure. for sure. And that's what I'm, I'm, I'm looking to see for you. Cause I know for myself, coffee became a passion after the fact, mm-hmm. like I love people, which is why I'm like, okay, I want to open a place where I get to be in control of my schedule and I get to talk to people. And uh, one of my favorite places to do that were cafes. So cafe just made sense to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I fell in love with the, with the product after the fact. Um, but for yourself, it sounds like you were, you were interested in art and in design mm-hmm. from, a, from an early age. When did you know you wanted to do that for a living? Um, so when I was very young, I thought I wanted to do it for a living. I thought, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm talking like very young when, you know, favorite movie beauty and the beast fox and the mm-hmm. hound and i'm thinking like oh i could work for disney one day as a as for like sure. a four-year-old um 
but you know as you grow older that kind of not not that the dream fades or anything but you start thinking you know maybe i should look into other avenues and you end up going to college so i go to humber college i did take graphic design but i wasn't certain that i would necessarily end up in the field or not um there's a lot of people in graphic design and a lot of people that you know learn a lot there a lot of people that don't learn so much a lot of people that deserve to be there and other people that not that they don't deserve to be there but maybe have no interest whatsoever in ever pursuing that that kind of you know um end goal so um i wasn't sure i wasn't certain um you know i worked a couple jobs in the interim that weren't art related obviously um but yeah i think it just it got to a point where um i was really unhappy unhappy in a particular job um and i just one day called in and was like this isn't for me i'm not i won't be returning um and just went out and got like the whatever art job that anyone would give me in the city this is back when i lived in toronto um and it was literally just like creating novelty t-shirts at like a, a hole in the wall like rat's nest kind of shop um and that was just like that was step one to kind of get me back on track i guess um but yeah it, the hobby never died i was someone that would always you know go home and illustrate and fool around and you know play around in photoshop illustrator that sort of thing so it just just naturally made a lot of sense to to find a way to, you know insert yourself into that industry what how long ago was it that you took that the jump where you're just like quit the job and and move on to, to trying to take any art down? um i was doing the timeline this morning or trying to and I, <laughs> just just because i was like you know what i wonder um and i think if i'm not mistaken it was about eight years ago maybe nine it's hard to tell with these like floating two years so you would have been maybe left, 22 23 yeah i believe i was somewhere around yeah 20 probably 22 23 nice. yes no, that's super cool. I find that's kind of the, the range between, I, even, I shouldn't even say that, the 20s. When you're in your 20s, I think you can do it at any age, but I find that's when people get the most stressed out about their passions, mm -hmm. right? It's like, I want to do this thing, but if I wait any longer, I might have a family, you know, I'm, I may have big bills to pay and I, I won't be able to take these risks. I, I think that's a, a bull argument anyway, mm -hmm. but I think that's what just goes on in, in people's heads. It happened to me even in my teenage years where I was like, man, I don't want to get trapped doing this thing I don't want to for do. Sure. Um, but so few people actually just jump, yeah. right? Which I understand as well. It's, it's difficult, you know, to like, to leave any job. Like when you've got something that's putting food on your table and paying your rent, like it's not something that's, that's a simple decision all the time, you know, for, for everyone. And I can sympathize with that for sure. Um, mm. And I'm certainly no like hero here of, of this story or anything. It was just a situation that was, not working for me in, in several ways. And maybe that ultimately worked out in my best interest. The fact that, you know, this job was not only not what I loved, but something that was particularly, you know, shitty for lack yeah, of a better yeah. word. But you're, so. you're the hero of your own story. Yeah. Right. And it's, that's the whole point, right? You don't have to necessarily be setting up your life to look good or, or have the job for other people. You're doing it for you. Mm -hmm. You weren't at peace with doing something you didn't love. That's right? right. So you took a risk and it paid off. And as you were saying, eight or nine years ago means it didn't pay off immediately. It took time. It you paid your dues. You did this little uh, rat's nest type job. Mm -hmm. And when from there, so obviously you were in Toronto, yep. you ended up in Welland. Yep. And when we first met, I mean, it was a bit of black sheep too, but we met mostly through press time. That's when we started to know each That's other. Right. You were in the graphics department over yep. there. And for people listening, you, I think it was episode number seven was uh, Ricky's episode. Yep. And uh, we talked about his upbringing and how he started press time. And now, you know, you had, you had, I guess your introduction to the local scene mm -hmm. probably through there. Yeah. Through, or? through press time. 
Yeah. Uh, I would say like in terms of artwork, um, developing, developing craft. my craft in a way, like certainly, certainly press time was like instrumental in, you know, helping me kind of, um, polish my craft and, and find myself in this position. Um, I think, I mean, I guess we didn't quite go over the, the whole history, but I grew up in Welland. So to make that yeah. clear, I wasn't like coming from Toronto to Welland, mm-hmm. grew up here, um, you know, part of the music scene as many of us artists were, Rick yeah. himself included. Um, and I met those guys, Rick and Tony and, you know, a lot of the press time crowd, uh, Tony, who, by the way, is one of my business partners now, mm-hmm. um, but met all those dudes kind of playing music. So years ago. And, uh, you know, when you play music, you need show posters, you need merch, you need all that kind of stuff. Um, and it just made sense as an artist to do your own. Um, you certainly don't have many pennies to rub together. So it yeah. makes a lot of sense, to, especially if you're if you're artistic to kind of find a way to do that. Um, and that's true of all of us, Ricky. Tony, all those guys included. Um, so I met those guys through that, uh, and we always kind of had a uh, relationship of some kind. Like Press Time would every so often reach out to me for, you know, commission work, or if they needed to like fill the gap with some artwork. Like it, it, I was no stranger to to that kind mm-hmm. of um, atmosphere. So that was kind of where I first got my my, I won't say foot in the door, but that that was where my relationship with Press Time and Ricky started. Have you had you already moved back to well into that? No, point? this is well or, before. So, you're still, so this is still in Toronto. In, in some cases, this is before I even left. So this is this is before I even went to Toronto. Um, but then, yeah, moved away to Toronto, and uh, you know, we still kept in touch here and there. Anytime that you know, press time might need a little extra help or something in the artwork category. Um, but I was doing my thing in Toronto. I was up there. I think I was in Toronto for. Let me do my math here. Because I, I, I said eight years, I would have been 22, 23, 23. So yeah, I think I was in Toronto for about five-ish years, five to six years. Um, and kept in touch with the guys there. Um, and then ultimately what ended up happening is I was at this, this, uh, this job I described as being in a rat's nest, this novelty t-shirt shop that was not... Um, it was not crazy profitable necessarily for me. It was barely putting food on the table, but it was art. And I was very excited about that. And it was at least something I could do that I like to do every day. Um, but, you know, one day it just, just so happened that Press Time was looking for an artist. And um, I wasn't really ready to move home from Toronto. I wasn't expecting to. Um, but I sat on that for a few weeks. And then ultimately I was like, you know what? Like, I got to email these dudes. And I sent them out an email just saying like, hey. I know it's been a few weeks. I'm probably like late to the party here, but uh, I think that was like my exact words. And I was just like, but uh, <laughs> if you guys, if you guys are willing to meet with me, I'd love to meet with you and just see, you know, what, what can happen here. And ultimately that culminated in, they immediately were like, emailed me back. Yeah. Come in on Monday. Let's chat. Um, and I came down and the rest is kind of the rest in that regard. So. I think that's super cool because I think a lot of, I guess the notion in Niagara for a lot of people is if I really want to do what I want to do in life, I want to live my dream. I have to leave. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I think that's true in some cases, obviously, if you want to be an art historian, you should probably go to Europe, yeah. you know, but from, for most cases, I think a lot of the opportunity is, is where you want it to mm-hmm. be. You have to create your own opportunity and, and clearly something popped up and it gave you a door to come back home, but it didn't necessarily put in the work you put in the work. Right. Oh, certainly. You, yeah. you made it successful and, and obviously you do great work and that's why you stayed in that position. And, you know, when you made the transition to starting your own design company with, with the guys, I think that's all part of it. Right. And you could have gone back, could have gone back to Toronto, but you stayed here. Yep. Right. And, and I think that's 
what's so special about it is you're able to find people locally who obviously need great design work. Mm -hmm. uh, and what you guys do is not the traditional, which is, I think, another selling feature, right? Like it's, there's a bunch of old school design shops around that you can get your banners from or your business cards, sure. and there's nothing wrong with them. They serve their purpose. Um, but for people like myself who want something a little bit more fun, something a little outside the box, and, and also don't want to have too much direction. Like I've said to you, I can't even tell you how many times, like, hey, man, I'm, I have an idea, but aside from this box, mm -hmm. just run with yeah, it, right? Sure. And I know that's sometimes annoying when you do that to a bartender, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, in our case, it's... It, I had a client ask me about it just yesterday, I think, um, like how much direction they were supposed to give us or, you know, they didn't know if they were doing a good job in our meeting or whatever. Mm -hmm. And truthfully, it's like it, part of our job is finding the creative solution, you know? So you give me as much or as little as you want and I'll play in that space and I'm going to do my best work regardless. Um, so it's just a matter of, you know, how much input or how much creative um, planning needs to go into it, I guess, in the onset from our case or, or from our standpoint. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's as much or as little. And in, in our case, like you and I, our relationship is, is very comfortable in that way where it's just, here's a loose thought, uh, make it cool pretty well. And then, and it's oftentimes, well, it's every time, um, a very easy process, a very fun mm -hmm. process for us when we work together. Cause it's, I don't think you've ever been like, I don't know about that. Like you typically give me a little, no. a little bit of direction and then you love what comes out of it. So that's always for great. sure. And there's the big reason for that is I think that's part of the success behind black sheep is I always assume that I don't have the answers to our future. Mm -hmm. Right. I think that's what makes me a good leader here is I'm willing to take the strengths and the, the input of other people, whether it's our staff or our customers and even just business partners in, in all regards. I don't mean business partners like a, a partner mm -hmm. partner, but people we work with like you guys at Quite All Right, sure. guys at Press Time, and we have a hundred other people that we work with. But um, I don't know anything about art. I know when I look at something and I think it's cool, but how do I create that? How do I tell you to do that? I don't because you're the guy with the answer. You're the one that has the cool locked inside the pencil or the <laughs> iPad or whatever. For sure. Right? So that's why I'm coming to you. That's why I would rather pay you than somebody else is because you have that for me. Mm -hmm. And then I can pass that along to our customers. They love it. And then I can get more feedback. And then if it works, then we continue down that road. And if not, then we try something different the next time. Sure. You've done probably six different variations. All cool. This one, we definitely found our niche. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like this neo-punk, cartoony, it's a weird thing to explain what the design actually is, but it really suits the personality of the yeah, shop. Yeah, it really matches kind of the vibe here, which is, mm -hmm. uh, which is awesome. And it's been an absolute blast. Our last project in particular, you basically mm -hmm. just said, I want a flash sheet of art. And yeah. uh, that was Selfishly. pretty much <laughs> the whole direction, right? Yeah. Um, and I just had fun with it. And, and mm -hmm. you know, we picked a handful of them at the end of the day. Um, there's still some kind of on the shelf if and when we want to return to that or do more, more work like that. Um, it's, a, it's a win. Yeah, it's, a big, it's sure. a big win. And it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I love it. So the other thing that I find really fascinating about your work, and this, this is probably a naive question coming from me because I, I, can't, uh, I can't do anything visually sure. with art, <clears throat> but a lot of people, when, especially when they're younger, Everyone starts with a pencil or a pen or a marker or, or a paintbrush because it's usually the most accessible. It's usually the most inexpensive mm -hmm. um, and parents can kind of get behind yep. it, right? It's usually something you do to distract your kids, sure. right? Like here's Put a coloring book, just, or whatever. you know, <laughs> do, do something, leave me alone for 30 minutes, yep. right? Um, but how did you get 
to, from on paper to digital mm-hmm. because it's got to be a completely different world, right? It is a totally different beast. And um, it's, it's one step at a time. Right now it feels like natural, obviously, because I've been doing it a while. But um, yeah, I mean, at first, because you don't really have access to all the tools you necessarily need to do things digitally. Um, certainly, you know, 10 years ago or whatever, um, when I was in college, um, it wasn't exactly the most affordable thing in the world to buy like a drawing tablet that would plug into your computer and what they were, they were pricey pieces of equipment and they've gone down. Like, I think it's become more accessible now as technology gets kind of, you know, more and more advanced, but like an iPad pro or something yeah, for a thousand bucks. Yeah, exactly. Um, but at the time, like if you wanted a real nice, like drawing screen, like you're looking at 2,500 plus at times, depending on how, like if you want something that's going to really do the trick, um, you can pay a lot of money for it. Um, and you certainly as a college student don't have that. There's just no way. Um, so in a certain point, you know, you're, you're still drawing traditional. I would still, um, often do my line work with specifically micron pens. If we want to just have like an hour where we chat about like tools, I could do that as well. Um, but I would do my inking with, with actual ink markers. Um, I'd have a specific, you know, kind of paper I like to use kind of, you know, I had my tool set. Um, but then you'd scan it in and then you might color it digitally on Photoshop or something. That was kind of the first, you know, step into digital. Um, and then once it became, um, actually the first, the first time I got one of those drawing tablets, it was because I was lucky enough to know a friend who knew a friend who knew that Sheridan was replacing all of theirs. So they had to get rid of the old ones and sell them for cheap. So I bought them for whatever it was, 300 bucks or something. Um, and it wasn't necessarily a top of the line one by any standard, but it did the trick for now. Um, and that was my first, um, like actual screen drawing tablet that I ever drew on. There's other tablets as well. You can get where you, uh, it essentially works as a mouse pad, but you just look at the screen and you draw in front of you. Um, I did a lot of that as well when I was younger. Um, it's a totally different experience to drawing on paper because you're looking at where the pencil touches the paper. You know, it's very different uh, than looking at the screen and trying to like coordinate your hand eye. So that, and you're also doing fill in tools, I would assume at some point too, right? Like you're not, you're not fully coloring in the the blank space uh you could uh, you should uh (laughs) yeah let me make it clear you should um truthfully i've kind of um that that's a piece of the art process that i struggle to let go of um like even when i'm coloring digitally i tend to color like i'm coloring a a coloring book like literally still like take my brush size and kind of fill in all the gaps um sometimes that's super you know not um efficient so there's times where you obviously have to especially when you own a business and things need to be quick and whatever yeah, yeah. um there's times where you have to be you have to be, be like get over that but if i have the choice i i like to still color things as if i'm you know a little kid sitting in front of a color coloring book and i think it is literally just like a like a mental like something i just enjoy doing um but truthfully yes the tools are there to make it easy and i that that should be made clear as well um you can you can definitely do that you can fill in and oftentimes tony and tj my two business partners will look at me and be like what's wrong with you like what what are you doing man just like do the do the quick and easy thing and i'm like yeah it's one of my quirks it's one of the you know it helps me enjoy what i'm doing so for sure yeah. no i i think it's uh, it's all it's a part of your process mm-hmm. right so you have to do what what makes you the most comfortable but for sure i find like with myself over the past few years, there's so many things that I had to like fight to get rid of habit wise, because when we first opened, I had never worked at a coffee shop. I'd never really worked food industry before. Uh, and obviously didn't own anything pre black sheep. Mm -hmm. So I was coming in and just figuring everything out as I went, I didn't have any, anyone to really tell me, here's what you have to do. 
obviously I saw business being run from my dad's perspective and I worked for him forever. Uh, but it's such a strange thing. Once you really start to nail your business, mm -hmm. you really start to figure out how it works and how it breathes and how it operates, the, the habits of your customers and your staff. And obviously now, you know, coming up on seven years, we've had patterns in staffing too, right? So you start to realize, okay, here's the types of people that want to stay and grow in this type of business. Here are the people that are using this as a, as a transitionary mm -hmm. period in their life. Um, and so now I have to unlearn all of my habits, Certainly, right? Not because they're bad, but because you just need to be able to do things more efficiently or translate that to your staff, yeah. right? Like, or help your, yeah, help here's your what, staff learn and help your staff, you know, do things their own way in an efficient way. Exactly. Yeah, sure. Cause like, here's what I want to get done, right? Here's X. Yeah. Here's how I do X. How do I explain them how I do mm -hmm. that? Right. For sure. The only way to do that is to really simplify a process or make, put systems Or make in sure place it makes and, sense. Cause even if like, like some people like to work in chaos and some people yeah. like, if it's, if it's just up to me, then yeah, I can like, you know, shuffle around my messy desk and find the things I need to make sure I get the job done. But if you try to tell someone like, Hey, sit at my desk, do this. Maybe they have no idea where to start if it's covered in bullshit. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. And you brought up a, a really good point. I want to kind of use this as a natural segue sure. about TJ and Tone, your other business yeah. partners at Quite All Right. You know, like, so when you went from Toronto back to Welland, mm -hmm. you've got this awesome job where you're around cool people yep. and you, your clients, you like them for the most part, I would assume. Certainly. And, you know, you're enjoying at least most of your work. Mm -hmm. Now, I find that an even bigger risk than from quitting your whatever job to getting into art. Yep. I feel like the Toronto back to Welland was a huge jump, mm -hmm. but then leaving this Welland job to do your own thing For sure. is probably the biggest of all. How do you get to that point in your head? Yeah. I mean, it was, um, it wasn't an easy transition by any, um, like by any metric. Um, mm -hmm. but it was, I, I was fortunate to be surrounded by people who were all very supportive and everybody is like, we all very much understand that what we're doing is ultimately to benefit one another. Um, I was lucky enough that, um, you know, no, no relationships were harmed. This wasn't something that was like a big explosive, you know, um, thing. Uh, but ultimately what it, what it just came down to is like press time is a top of the line print company and they do incredible print jobs and they work with art and they, you know, manage their artwork to produce outstanding merchandise that that's their strength. Yeah. Um, we were. And I'll say that from day one, when I came down, like the goal that me and Tony specifically were trying to achieve was to shoehorn in art and a design studio as part of the big picture. Um, and not to say press time doesn't do wonderful art and have, you know, that, that is an important part of, of the business, of course. And I don't want that to be lost here, but um, it's just the focus was so heavily on producing excellent product yeah. that um, finding time, just finding the time for the art department to do what the art department does best was not realistic yeah because you have so many projects in the queue ready that's to go, right. right and you've got all these different people and all these different moving parts that are all kind of helping the machine move forward mm -hmm. um that it just ultimately wasn't um there, there wasn't as much space as we would have liked for the artwork like all of us and this isn't just including the people tone and i who ultimately started quite all right we all would have liked you know that that to be able to happen but it just wasn't realistic um so it just made sense for everybody to to kind of separate you know, the art from the production and, uh, and Tony and I, you know, we, we stepped aside to focus heavily completely on the artwork side of things. We don't do any production. Um, and then allow press time to continue the production side. And our relationship is still, if, if not still strong, stronger than ever 
in the sense that, you know, they, they still connect us with their clients when their clients need artwork. We still service their clients. We still send back the artwork their way with all of their, you know, print production methods in mind. Um, and now it's just become a partnership rather than an employee employer relationship. Um, so fortunately for me, I can speak personally, I can't speak for, for my partners, but I know we're all very happy. Um, but fortunately for me, everyone was pretty receptive to the idea. Um, and ultimately we, we all came, came to the agreement that this was just, uh, it just made a lot of sense and it's worked out outstanding for everybody. Like we, the quality of artwork has never been better. The quality of life has never been better. Um, I know their production is, is at the top of its game right now. So, um, yeah, ultimately, like, I guess short answer is just good people made it easy. And for sure, I'm very fortunate for that. That's not lost on me. No. And that's a, it's a testament to the relationship that, that all of you have together Mm -hmm. is that, you know, and I can speak as a business owner, you know, when I bring in staff, I don't hold a gun to their head and say, if you ever leave me, you're dead. Right. I understand that almost everybody at some point is going to leave. Right. And not because they don't like me or they don't like the shop or they don't like the staff. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's probably happened, but a majority of the time it's because they have another opportunity. And I find the more as you, as an employer that you invest in your staff to achieve their goals and reach their dreams, the more they put back into the business. And then those people, when they're doing their new project, even if it's, I guess, on the surface unrelated, Mm -hmm. it's full circle because they have other clients and business partners and staff now where, you know, they want to connect. If you need coffee and you're in Niagara, go see Lucas, right? percent. And it doesn't matter if they're still local or if they've gone somewhere else, it always finds its way back around. And I think that's what's so good about what happened with your two companies is that, you know, Rick as, as a boss knew, hey, these, these guys are, they need to flap their wings and fly, right? And, and we can have an incredible relationship still. We can still work at a professional level and a friendship level. Yep. Um, we both can succeed uh, and it's not holding anyone back, no, right? No, for sure. And of course, there's always a lot of crossing of T's and dotting of I's to make sure, you know, all the, all the, nothing gets what, lost. nothing gets lost and all the details are covered and that sort of thing. And we, we went through, you know, months of planning and months of discussion on how exactly this made sense, how exactly it was best for everyone to approach this. And, you know, a lot of long, difficult conversations, but you know, with, with the right people, it's like difficult ultimately just becomes like, it's a problem to solve. It's not, you know, life altering or relationship altering or anything so we're very lucky to to have great friends and to be surrounded by good people and it just makes makes this kind of thing fun like fun easy Mm -hmm. it's just uh yeah we're all very very fortunate and what do you find the biggest learning curve for you Mm -hmm. and it doesn't need to be a negative but just something that maybe you weren't expecting from being an employee to now being a boss. I mean, accounting, period. <laughs> like, if you want to talk about, like, we could, we could be, uh, we could have fun with the rest of this conversation, or I could be honest with you. No. Um, no, that's, it's good. My, I mean, my accountants hate me today. Yeah, no, the, the truth of it is, um, I'm, I'm not bad at it. Like, I, I'm pretty good with the numbers, pretty good with the books, personally. I, I typically handle our books. Um, and that, like, in terms of the learning curve, I knew nothing. I had no idea what I was doing. But we got ourselves an accounting software. I dove in, you know, solve problems here and there we have uh, a very kind local accountant who's happy to help us when we need a hand mm-hmm. every so often you know i'll book her for an hour or so to kind of jump on a zoom call and walk me through like you know what i forgot this or or how exactly am i supposed to do that um 
So that part is something that like can't get lost. Like if you're going to open a business, you need to have accounting. So you have to find a way to do that. Um, Cause the CRA will find you. It will you. find you. That's right. Yeah. No, but, um, I mean, you can always pay someone to do that as well if you want someone mm -hmm. to handle your books. But I've found, you know, making sure that on a, at least bi-weekly, if not weekly basis, I'm going in and kind of evening everything out so that I'm not mm -hmm. doing it in December or yeah. in May, I should say. Do you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not doing, you know, lining up all my receipts the day before they're due or anything. So if I didn't have an accountant, I would be in prison. Not because <laughs> I, I'm doing it intentionally. I just, I don't care about mm -hmm. it at all i know it's important yeah. i am really good with numbers mm -hmm. i'm very organized but there's something about hey hst is due or payroll remittance is due yeah. i don't know what the hell it is i need someone to be like lucas give me these forms and it just makes me feel it better it takes a lot of mental energy give it to them it takes tons of mental energy man and like that's not like no joke like you have to literally like comprehend and make sense of where everything fits and where everything belongs and like sometimes when you're especially when you're running a business it's like i have other things that i need to care about and mm -hmm. it's that is something you need to care about but when when it takes so much mental energy and so much effort in an area that you're not necessarily comfortable sometimes it's easier to do the thing you are comfortable with doing that also needs to get done so it's easy 100%. to kind of put that to the side but um to get away from the boring accounting stuff uh <laughs> the the um in terms of a learning curve, I think, I think we can all, like all three of us, if I'm speaking on quite all rights behalf, um, I think learning how to value yourself properly was a huge step and continues to be a huge step every day. Um, because, you know, our craft as artists, ultimately we're selling our time. And um, it, sometimes it's difficult for clients to see the like tangible um, or, or see the the importance of that because it is ultimately an intangible um but you know it's a step-by-step -step, you know case-by-case -case kind of thing we're constantly learning um just talking to different clients and, and finding out how to you know align our, the value of our artwork and what that brings to their business or to their project and uh and you know what ultimately what their budget is because everyone's got a budget everyone's trying to trying to keep their their heads above water and we try to we try to operate on a um like value-based kind of relationship with all our clients so it's like hey what are you trying to achieve um what do you want that to bring to your company um what's your like is your goal for this design to sell a million pieces of merch and make a bunch of money cool let's find a way to make that happen for you is your goal to you know brand yourself or rebrand and, and put yourself in a new sphere cool let's make that happen for you um and then just assigning value to that that works within their budget investing ourselves appropriately to their budget seems to be the best way to make things work um but that's another thing that we're just constantly learning day to day is uh is just how to you know invest ourselves appropriately so we're not burning ourselves out at a loss and we're also providing excellent artwork and we're making sure that we're we're satisfying our clients needs um within you know a comfortable space sure yeah. i think that's one of the the greatest perks to having partners is the accountability side of things right you you can't really undercut that much because you have two other people being like bro yeah. you can't be doing yeah. that otherwise we're not you're not getting your chunk yeah. you know like we need x, or we're just not leaving right? the lights on like at the end of the day as long yeah. as we can come into work every day and do art like i i'm happy i don't need to be rolling in dough or anything i it, the fact that i can i can create like artwork for a living is still kind of like insane to me but oh for yeah. sure man but that's the thing right like 
I am notorious for giving everything away to friends, everything. And everyone that comes in is a friend. Mm-hmm. So I, I make no money. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, no, I feel you. and, uh, you know, it was the funniest thing is my fiance, Katie, she has worked a hundred jobs mm. in the shortest amount of time. And not because she quits and moves on. She just works a ton simultaneously. And once she started taking a more active role working with me and I would share more intimate details about the business with her after a few, you know, a, a year plus of dating, you know, she's like, really, you shouldn't be giving that away to people. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, every time we go out, no one gives you anything. Like maybe if we go to a friend's place, they'll like give, give us half off an appetizer sure. or a free drink, but they're not giving you the whole meal every time you go That's there. Right. And I'm like, well, coffee's different from a meal. She's like, why is it different? That's your business. Yeah. Just and, because it's a smaller maybe chunk, but it's yeah. several chunks. That equal, and you're training yeah. your customers, right? For you're, sure. you're teaching them how to expect their experience. And if you're saying every time they come, if they're just getting a coffee, don't worry about it, then that's a bad precedent to set. But mind you, it's different when it's like, you know, you've done something for me. Here's a little something from Of course. Me, right? Like a little trade-off is, is different than just yeah. kind of handouts. Um, but what we've kind of started to employ um, or what we've started to kind of I guess, um, live by around, around the office is like, we are happy to over deliver. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how we give back to friends, you know? Yeah. So, so I, we had a friend recently, a close friend of mine reach out, um, his, you know, construction business and, or it's like a property management business in Toronto, um, reached out for some artwork uh, for a rebrand. And he said, just level with me, like, where does this conversation start? And I said, this is the number. Uh, and he said, okay, I got to talk to my partner. And he's like, look, I like my partner's begging me to ask, like, is there a friends and family discount? He's like, I know he's like, I'm going to tell him no, but I'm just saying it. Cause he asked me to say it. So I'm saying it. And I, and we said, man, you know what? Like what we can do for you is we can do go over and above well beyond what the expectation is here. We can mm-hmm. invest ourselves so much more into this project and make sure we over deliver, but we're not going to undercut ourselves, you know? Um, and my friend like literally was just like, it's our invoice is already paid. Like, don't worry about it. Like he yeah. wasn't, it was just a conversation that had to happen. Um, so it was not a big deal or anything, but, uh, yeah. So we've kind of started, started kind of going, putting ourselves in that mindset where it's like, we don't need to undercut ourselves to keep other people happy. We don't need to, you know, um, work at a loss, but what we can do is assure people that, you know, we're going to over deliver for you. We're, and we, yep. ultimately that's what we do anyway. Like we, we invest ourselves in every project. We want our stuff. We want our output to be uh, impressive and we want to be proud of it as well. Every single piece that comes through our door, we want to be proud of. So, but you can only do that when you charge accordingly. Well, it's true. Right? Absolutely. Because it's it, true. it uh, affords you the, the time. Yeah, Cause right? like I said, if we're selling if, our time. So you yes. Need it. Yeah. So if you're, that's the point, right? If, if you've got a hundred jobs, right? Because you're inexpensive. Mm-hmm. You can't give them all, all of your attention. Yeah. You can only spend an hour, hour and a half, pump out the art, send it off to the client, check mark, pay the invoice, move that's on. Right. right. But if, if you're charging a price that's appropriate for the quality of artwork, you can take your time. You can have a breather, really let your brain relax and just find something in that back cavern, mm-hmm. you know, find what's back there, pull it out, put it on, on the screen or on the page or whatever. And then that's where I think the magic Happens, for sure right is you've allowed yourself to do that and i'm finding now as the business is maturing with with, with black sheep you know we went from having no staff to having 10 staff mm-hmm. and then covid happens and then we're back down to no staff and we're just slowly growing back up again and i find that you're i'm trying to find the sweet spot right 
what do we actually want to offer? Black Sheep was known for food for the longest time. I never opened up a cafe to be a restaurant. Yeah. It kind of happened that way because we had good food and I'm happy that we did what we did. But at the end of the day, it cost me the most money to produce. That's the thing that people complain about the most is, you know, food's getting too expensive. I have to charge $18 for a sandwich and a side to make any money to pay my staff. Uh, and I'm not passionate about it, right? So we decided, you know what? While COVID's happening, we're going to invest every extra dollar we have back into the coffee, mm -hmm. into, the, into the beans, into the roasting, into the software, into the rebrand, and just focus on selling high-quality coffee to as, as many people that want to drink it as possible. Not, and I, when I say as many people, I mean locally, yeah, right? I've even gotten over the idea of shipping. I will ship and I'm happy to, yeah. but we lose money on shipping, right? So I'm ha I would rather have everyone in Niagara love a high-quality coffee product, come here for that because that's what we're known for. And my time's not divided, mm -hmm. right? I'm not distracted by having to sell all these extra products I don't care about or having to worry about all this extra staff, all the extra overhead and the pressure that comes with that. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was a really tough transition because we had people coming ev in every day for six months like, where's the food? Where's the food? Where's the for food? Sure. I'm like, well, where were you for a year and a half? <laughs> yeah. You didn't come by it. Sorry. Yeah. I appreciate you coming here now, but it's a little too late, you know? For sure. So you, you have to do what's best for the business and best for you as, as an owner-operator, mm -hmm. right? No, absolutely. Absolutely true. Yeah. yeah. So now... With Quite All Right, yeah. it's a little bit different because you're not working on specifically products, right? You're, you're designing things that aren't limited to something that's going to be necessarily printed or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. So what has this allowed you to expand your business to? Are you working on websites now too? Are you doing, um, I don't even want to make examples. I'll just ask you, what, what are some projects that you're doing now that you weren't able to do before? Yeah. So, I mean, we, we certainly work on websites here and there. Um, it depends, uh, not necessarily depends, like our, our ability at, on the web design level is maybe not our, all of our strongest, um, you know, suit. Um, yeah. but we have, we have partners. Well, I'm sure, I don't know if you know my buddy, Callan, you familiar with yeah. Callan? Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, so I so sometimes we'll reach out to Callan if we need like an extra hand, he's a professional web designer. So, um, but, but we will dip our toes for sure in, in web design and dependent depends on the project. Um, but what uh, I was trying to find a way to shoehorn this er in earlier and I forgot, but um, it, it, back to the topic of designing in traditional versus digital. Sure. Um, there's just not typically, uh, if you're not valuing your service, this is all coming full circle, full circle here. <laughs> um, there's not a lot of time to uh, necessarily invest in the like minutia of illustration or detailed design work, that sort of thing. So it's often quicker, easier to go straight to digital. So bought myself an iPad, do a lot of work on digital, uh, digital illustration, different programs, procreate, whatever the case may be. Um, but what I've recently been able to do is reinsert some of that traditional art. And that's been very um, rewarding for me. So we've got time now, we've got space, we've got, we're valuing our artwork, we're investing ourselves appropriately. So now like we have this huge, awesome light table. And I can go back to the drawing board literally and figuratively in the sense that I'm, I'm drawing in pencil. I'm inking in ink again. Um, I'm, I've got all my, my old tools that I was like so passionate about at the start. Uh, and I'm able to reintroduce those in a professional way into you know, the bigger projects, the projects that allow space for that. So I'm doing a very cool uh, illustration for, for a local business. Um, and I, I'll hesitate to say anything about that until they you know, present sure. it to the world. But, um, 
yeah, so so I've been able to to do to bring myself kind of back to my roots in that way. Um, so it's not so much that that's like a new venture maybe that I'm that I'm reaching out to, but it's a it's a way that I'm able to actually like make money and work and go in every day and and be able to do the thing that ultimately got me interested in this in the first place and have people you know prepared to to invest in that and that's been really really awesome just to pick up a pencil again and a pen again and literally like ink on paper it's just a different feeling it's a different yeah, vibe your, your brain connects to your hands a little bit differently in that way right yeah. when it's something tangible yeah. it's something you can feel and it and sense in a different uh... it, it's also just like when you're when you're drawing digitally and i'm not talking shit on it i do a lot of it and i love it um but if you fuck up you control alt delete <laughs> or yeah. you you control z and it's an undo you know what i mean it's that line's toast but if you're drawing like ink on paper like you better make damn sure that that line is right because if it's yeah. not it it's there's no undo button right um which ultimately it sometimes works out in happy mistakes or or imperfections that add character to the to the artwork and like just little things like that like i don't know it's it's very rewarding and it feels uh feels good to be back in that kind of sphere here and there you know where it makes sense yeah i feel like the world and you'll know this better than i will but the trends in art even from like large companies feels like we're going kind of retro mm. it's like between the 50s and the 70s of this not quite symmetrical not perfectly coordinated colors mm. not perfect fonts i think even we're tired offset of the printing polish. like even yeah even registration being off intentionally and registration mm. is when the art fits perfectly into the line work or the colors fit perfectly in line with each other. Um, so a lot of designs will intentionally offset that registration so that it looks like the color is printed wrong, but that's the design, you know? Yeah. yeah I mean, that's I think cool. it's super cool and it's funny how we, we are right. I, I'm sure in 30 years from now, we're going to get tired of everything being lopsided and want everything in perfect German boxes and oh, yeah. tight and organized. But I, I just, I personally love it yeah. because that's, that's the kind of stuff that I love. And I guess the, the whole, uh, if, if Black Sheep were to have a manifesto, mm -hmm. that would be it. It's like boxes are meant to have lines outside of them. For sure. You know, it's just, and not in the sense where everyone has to, but why do we have to be the opposite? Why do we have to be stuck within these, these walls? For sure. um, one thing I, I do want to comment on, because we did talk about a little bit about age and, mm -hmm. and how that plays a part in risk taking. Sure. but. I find it so amazing. I get so excited when I see people like yourself who's so young and really like mature in your profession. You have so much time still to experiment and so much time to grow and so much time to really dial in your craft mm -hmm. that it just gets me excited thinking about the future, knowing like, okay, what's going to happen when you have a little extra disposable income to buy this new tool that's really going to blow up your art skills and I feel like when you're in it, it doesn't feel that mm -hmm. way. But when you're looking from the outside, it definitely is. I get that all the time because I've been doing this. It'll be seven years this summer. Mm -hmm. And really, we got the building two years before that. So it'll be nine years and I'm 27, yeah. you know, yep. which is the weirdest thing ever. Oh, turning 28. But sure. it, my dad didn't start his business till he was 37. Right. So I've got a 16 year head start on the actual business being open. Yeah. And I feel like I've been doing this forever, but realistically, I, I could have another 50 years if I wanted mm -hmm. to, right? Because my, my grandpa retired when he was just under 80, and he had his own business, and it, it just, it scares me, but it also excites me to think how much time I have to really 
mess around with for sure. with my craft, right? Well, and when we when we're in industries that we're passionate about, like hopefully we're lucky enough to not retire. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like hopefully and I can't I can only speak for myself, but hopefully I'm just doing this forever and I'm happy and I'm excited about everything I'm doing forever. And and you're right, like sometimes it is like I got to pinch myself where it's like man, like how do you get here? Like you know that imposter syndrome thing people talk oh, about yeah. and I'm like, I don't know if like this is you pulled some kind of fast one on everyone in your life and somehow you ended up in this place and and i mean i know i did a lot of hard work and i know that i took risks and sometimes the risk is the hardest part um you know living living on rat's nest jobs and that sort of thing um but yeah some sometimes i just have to have to uh look at the situation and pinch myself and be like, dude, like it's, it's happening and you're learning more every single day and you're get like, there's no, you don't stop learning. You don't stop getting better. You don't stop, uh, you know, honing your craft ever. Uh, and, and I, I want to make sure I don't get comfortable. Um, so yeah, it, there is a lot of time, but a lot of time to improve, a lot of time to get better, a lot of time to expand upon what I'm doing and, and that sort of thing. So yeah, I just want to make sure. sure I don't get complacent, I guess. Just make sure that... Checking in know. with yourself, man. It is so important. Mm -hmm. That's why, I mean, obviously, uh, the pandemic was such a huge negative for a lot of people. For me, it was one of the biggest positives that ever could have happened. Mm -hmm. I mean, I learned so much about myself and about things that I want, things that I've been overlooking, you know, mistakes that I've made. It gave me a lot of time for self-reflection, sure. you know? And I'm not someone who goes that long without looking inward anyway, mm -hmm. but I mean, this was a real wake up call. Like, what do you really want to spend your time what's important, on? Right? What, what's important to you? Sure. And I think, you know, my time on, on city council, I do not regret it at all, but it definitely, it definitely told me, Hey, you were doing that for the wrong reason, sure. right? You were doing it because you wanted other people to know that you could do mm -hmm. it. You know, you wanted to do things for the sake of saying you could do them. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't because you truly enjoy sidewalks. Yeah, you're not yeah. passionate about park budgets. No, for sure. You know, you want to see your community get better. And I'm speaking kind of at a third person here now, but mm -hmm. that's the truth. I mean, and that's why I did Black Sheep. That's why I do this podcast. It's because I want people that I care about to succeed. I want my surroundings to improve. For sure. But there's, it really made me focus on what matters to me, right? Absolutely. And and really, I guess what's the word I'm looking for? putting it at a laser beam, right? Instead of this big giant flashlight, it's just a very pinpoint precise mm -hmm. um, target. And uh, it, it was a really good thing. So I'm hoping that, you know, you have those opportunities and I'm sure you probably already have mm -hmm. where you just look in on yourself. It gives you a chance to reset in your mind mm -hmm. and refocus on, on your priorities because it will change. Like I'm sure on year 10 and year 15 and year 20 here that I'm going to be like, okay, what was year seven Lucas thinking? For sure. Yeah. No, absolutely true. And I, I, for a moment, just wanted to mention, like I, I noticed you mentioned regret and not mm -hmm. regretting, you know, the, the decision you made, whether it turned, panned out the way you expected or not. Um, I tend to try, and it's not always possible, but I try to live by like um, no regrets. And, and I know that sounds very silly. Like it sounds very like, no regrets kind of thing <laughs> but no truly like i i try to kind of um specifically like i i'm a strong believer that like every decision i made kind of led me to where i am 
and I'm very happy with my life. I'm very happy with the person I am. And I'm, I'm lucky enough for that to be true as well. I understand that's not true for everybody. Um, but if I regret, you know, the errors I made or the mistakes I made or the decisions that maybe weren't um, in my best interest, then who knows, who knows where I would have been. If I could go back and change that, what I know, which not at all, I would have had the same, gone through the same difficulty. I would have put myself in the same, you know, compromisable positions, the same relationships, like every, every small, you know, butterfly effect kind of moment of my life. I wouldn't change one bit because in my opinion, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't risk anything changing where I ended up, you know? So I try to, you know, look at every situation from through that lens. Um, because I don't know, like why, why worry about what's done? You know, it, it kind of got me. You can't here. do anything about yeah. it. Right. And you wouldn't even be able to have that thought if you didn't experience every single thing you've experienced, right. subconscious and conscious. That's right. right. Um, I, I really love it. I mean, I've got a literally a 10 foot wall of books beside us here. And, you know, I, that's one thing that I always try to do is, is figure out other people that live their passions. You know, we typically don't look in their past mm-hmm. and see their trials, right? And, sure. and their struggles and their obstacles that they had to overcome. Sometimes they didn't have any, you know, some people really just fall into place, but then they struggle later because everyone needs to fall down every once in a while, right? It, it just That's happens. How you learn. Like you have to, you have to, you have to know what you are trying to improve or what you're trying to, you know, not what happened next time or that sort of thing. You need that kind of like scope of experience. So. Speaking of future, sure. you know, what, uh, I'm, I'm sure the three of you have different goals, mm-hmm. but I'm assuming the company probably has a shared vision or trajectory at this point. Mm-hmm. Is there something that you guys are, are aiming for at quite all right? Like not as an end goal, obviously, sure. but is like, you know, we're starting here. Here's point B. Is there uh, something you're looking to do? I mean, right now it's hard to say. Cause I, I, I we're, I mean, we're almost two, <laughs> we're a year and a half, which is crazy actually. Cause I was going to say we're still young, which we are obvi- and obviously. And you're already potty trained. I know it's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, no, but, uh, I mean, we all have, we all have kind of, um, places we'd like to see this go and different opportunities we'd like to explore. Um, I think, I think number one is just continuing to kind of focus in on our, our current, um, our current kind of goals and ambitions, which would be like the, uh, you know, branding, bands, merchandise. Like if we can do just like skateboards and band tees for the rest of our lives, that'd be amazing. It's like right now, certainly not realistic. Um, I think the, the easy answer to that question, I guess, is in five, 10 years, we'd like to be able to say no to some jobs. And I think that's ultimately like number one is we want to be so specific. And so I don't want to say niche, but we do want our style and what we do to be like, to, to kind of dictate what kind of jobs we're getting, what kind of work we're doing. Um, and this is not to disrespect any of the clients we have that are absolutely wonderful clients that, that uh, you know, sometimes need that simple work or need that layout stuff or, you know, whatever. The, the maybe but not, there's, not a, there's so... a million companies that can help them with that, right? Sure. And that's the point. For sure. And we're happy to do it. Like the, the maybe somewhat less rewarding design. Um, but yeah, if we can get to a point where we're just doing like art, for art's sake or putting out a lot of our own stuff too like that that's another goal of ours is to have you know a almost a brand within a brand where here's the quite all right like merch designs that hats tees whatever that people might want to 
might want to grab or be a part of kind of that that uh that atmosphere i guess because we haven't put much out in terms of of merchandise not that like that's that's not the goal but that's a a, part of, a goal yeah. it's part of the part of the plan i guess but um yeah i think being able to say no or being able to to choose pick and choose like the jobs that are nearest dearest to us i think is the the short term short term ultimate goal i think for sure and i think it's totally attainable and you'll probably get there faster than you think you mm-hmm. will uh really it's just art is all about your portfolio and word of mouth right for like sure. once you find well actually not you find but once people find your style and they they're like hey i see myself in that yeah. right it's like a mirror you're like that makes total sense to me that is totally my style they found you then it's just a matter of them being able to afford it and and then that's the end of it and i don't mean that in a sense where you guys are too expensive no, no. but a lot of people that love art yeah. have no money no for, right? for sure so they have to get to the point where their art makes enough money for them to appreciate and and uh and create more art, totally right yeah and i mean we're sympathetic to that as well you know we've got several clients who come in with a budget um and we just i think i touched on it earlier but we make sure that we are investing ourselves appropriately so it's like if you've got we try not to say no to anybody obviously there's times where you have to okay i got but, 50 bucks can you do a three three page comic book yeah i mean that no but here's what i can do you know what i mean yeah, yeah this conversation no but uh yeah, there's there's certain there's obviously a floor, um, just literally just to keep the the lights on, um, and to make sure that our time's paid for. But uh, other than that, like typically we try to work within people's budgets. We try to you know, and, and if a job is cool, that kind of helps us negotiate as well. Like, hey, we really want this job. We really want to draw that cool piece of artwork. We really want to work with that band or that brand or etc. So, um. I guess the freedom to do that is all part of the same kind of picture, like being able to say no to some, some things so that we can say yes to others. For know? sure. And I think it's huge. My, for me, my goal with Black Sheep Growing, I had from day one, which is I want to make enough money to drink coffee and talk to people all yeah. day, right? And Here I was able to do that from day one, and that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but obviously, the better it gets, the more freedom I have, and then the more specific to my dream that it becomes, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, if this were, if this were five years ago, I couldn't step away from the shop while we're open, which we are right now. Yeah. And I having people out there continuing to sell coffee while I can be in my office with you and having this conversation and drinking out of $40 handmade cer- ceramic <laughs> mugs with our logo on sure. it. You know, like that kind of stuff took forever. I mean, it felt like forever, but realistically, it's only six and three quarters of a year, yeah. right? And when you think of it that way, you think, oh, if I had to put in, let's just say even 10 years. I have to put in 10 years of my life and I'll have everything I've ever wanted. Mm-hmm. That seems like such a small sacrifice, doesn't For it? Sure. Even if you're 60, yeah. right? Even if you're 60, it's like, hey, if I put in 10 years now, I can have everything I've ever wanted with the life expectancy for most people in this country. Mm-hmm. You've got at least another 10 to 15 years to enjoy everything you've ever wanted. Yeah. And I don't think people understand the significance. Not, I shouldn't say no one does, but I think a great many people, they miss how significant that is and how little time 10 years actually is and just ultimately investing in yourself and if you're picking something you're passionate about then those 10 years are also going to feel awesome like i'm sure you can say like the last nine years you've been working on black black sheep like ups and downs certainly and challenges certainly but you i i can't imagine as we sit here and drink this coffee out of these mugs that you're sitting here going like ah, you know what though? Just like, I wish it was something else. I wish I had thought differently. Like, no dude, you're, you're yeah. stoked. Like you pick something you're passionate about. 
you did it for nine years, you're going to do it for another 50 potentially, as we talked about earlier. And that's special, man. Like we're lucky. We're lucky that, that we find ourselves in these positions. And yes, we took risks and yes, we got lucky in some places and yes, we worked hard and that's all still true. Um, but I also don't want it to be, I don't, I don't want to lose the fact that, you know, it's not easy and it's not, um, not everybody is lucky enough to, to, to succeed even no matter how much work and no matter how much luck and no matter how, to, how much, whatever you put into it, that is true. doesn't work but- for everyone. And that we're fortunate. We're very fortunate is the point I'm trying to make. No matter what, You're, you are hundred percent correct. hundred percent sure. correct. But this is, this is part of it too, right? Mm-hmm. Most people have other people lie to them. They lie to themselves mm-hmm. and they lie to other people. Mm-hmm. If you are honest with yourself and other people are honest with you, then you will be able to attain something great. And I think that's true of everyone. And, and not everyone has a goal of being a business of owner, course. right? Some, some people truly just want stability. Some people just want a, a, a family. They don't care about the job. It's like their number one goal in life is to be a parent. Oh, and being an awesome parent is and, their, their big, you know. And that yeah. is amazing. And you can attain that, right? Now, you can't force someone to love you and be a perfect relationship, but you can, a lot of the things that you want to have in life, you can get. For sure. I think the distinction that, that you were trying to get to is that you have to put in the work. Mm-hmm. You have to get lucky. Yep. You have to take um, risks and you have to trust yourself. You have yourself. to take risks. Yeah. And, and that really is the biggest part of it. Most of the people that I've talked to that are right on the cusp of creating something good or they're, they're almost ready to start their thing, they actually are ready. Mm-hmm. Their trick is they just don't believe in themselves. Yeah, ulti- yeah. Uh, and it's not necessarily a confidence thing. It's they, they've, never, they've never tested the waters before. For sure. Right? It's like when you're a little kid, and you know, you know, you take swimming lessons at the Y or the Boys and Girls Club, and eventually the teacher just throws you in the mm-hmm. pool, and that's part of it, right? Like, and, and it's really the same thing because people are like, "Oh, well, the difference is you got water wings; you're not going to drown. You got a teacher there." That's true, but the same thing's true for, for risks in whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. You live in most people listening to this live in Canada, mm-hmm. right? What is the worst that's going to happen? You quit your job to take a risk; it doesn't work. You get another you move job to the next thing. You move on. Yeah. Like it's, it's not some sort of rundown crappy country where they, they shoot you on the street. It no. doesn't happen. You know, like we, we, we're so fortunate in this country to be able to take risks, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not saying that it's easy, but the risk really is the hardest part because sure. once you start gaining the confidence that people like your product and or service or your talent or whatever it is, it just gets easier from yeah. there, you know, and the hard stuff that comes up becomes less hard, sure. you know? Like the stuff that used to freak me out in year one is laughable now. It's For laughable. Sure. But the stuff that freaks me out now probably would have given me a heart attack <laughs> seven years yeah. ago. For, For sure. real. No, for sure. So I, I just wish more people would look inwards, be honest with themselves. And what I mean by that is sometimes you're not good at the things you love. Yeah. And, I, and, and you really just aren't going to get better. Yeah, you know, like okay. if, yep. if you're four foot three, you're not going to be in the NBA. Yeah. Right. So if, if your mom's like, oh my God, you're so good, baby. You're so good. You're not going to be in the end. Yeah. So be honest with yourself, okay? Pick a new dream. There's maybe, maybe you could be a sports commentator. If you love right? basketball, you can be involved You'll, for sure. You can be yeah. involved in there. You can work for the NBA in some, you could 
freaking mop the floor at a coliseum at the amphitheater or whatever mm-hmm. you know that's a horrible you can tell i'm not a sports guy at the arena <laughs> at the <laughs> arena not the, the amphitheater sports place uh at this is the place where they perform games yeah. um but you know like that's what i'm talking about mm-hmm. right now me my passions people i could have picked a multitude of different professions mm-hmm. I also really like coffee, right? And, and especially if I look back to before I was a coffee professional, I had no credentials. I, if you were to look at me, you'd have no reason to believe that I could do it other than the fact that I wanted mm-hmm. to. But I took the risk, I proved myself, and I did it. And I'm going to have to continually pr- prove myself. But I honestly think most people can do it. They just, gotta, they just have to jump. I think it's just like if, if, I mean, they always say you're never, to put this in, in a metaphor kind of, you know, when, People always say you're never ready to have a kid and then you have a kid. You know, if you wait till you're ready, you're never going to feel ready. And ultimately, when it comes to kind of, you know, nurturing these these um, passions of ours, whether it be business ownership or whether it be whatever the case may be, like that's your child. And if you wait till you're ready to do something about it, like that day may never come. Well, likely like if you're fortunate enough to be like, yeah, you know what? I got all my ducks in a row and I'm 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 ready. Then like good for you and you are damn lucky but if you wait till you're ready you are likely never going to be and you're going to find yourself in different positions in different jobs uh, just trying to make things work just get into the next paycheck whatever the case may be um the the risk is is saying fuck that yeah ready or not i'm gonna give it a shot and and like you said like being prepared to fail being prepared to understand that hey this didn't work out i'm gonna move on to the next thing like that's important too because you're gonna you're, you're gonna have bumps and sometimes those bumps are gonna be insurmountable and that's okay move on For move sure. on to the next thing you can be proud that you took the risk and you can be proud that you gave it a shot because not trying like if you, if you don't even give it a shot you don't even know if it could have worked out and then like isn't that sad like i don't know that is so much worse yeah. you know like I, I look at my dad and he is the the number one inspiration for the time he 37 is not old yeah you know, at all. But when you think about risk, you think about what's going to happen to you. Can you pay your bills? You know, what's going to happen to your relationship? What about your kids? The biggest risk factors he overcame at 37, you know, he had his second house with my mom. Their marriage was falling apart. They had split up six months after uh, he opened the bakery. I was eight. My brother was five. We're young kids. Every possible thing you could have worried about was right there on the table. And that's when he decided to start. Yeah. <laughs> it was at the worst, the worst three chunk, three year chunk of his life yeah. is when he started his business and 20 years in the same location. And now he's moving on to a, something bigger and better. Yeah. And he's 50 turning 58 this year. But imagine if he you was know? like, you and know what, starting when I'm ready, over at 58, I'm ready. <laughs> right? that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You can't wait. And to start over again at 58 is crazy to me. Mm-hmm. But to him, he's like, whatever. In another 20 years, I'm only 78. <laughs> there you go. And I love that mentality, you know, For like sure. it's not saying that you have to throw caution to the wind, but really what is the worst that can happen? Oh, no, for sure. And I mean, I think that's important too. Like when you say throwing caution to the wind, like this isn't us encouraging people to go like, you know what? I really like comics. So I'm going to quit my job and draw. It's like, no, like yeah. have a plan. Be prepared. You should have be, been drawing for five years. Yeah. Already, like, you be, know, like hobby. be passionate, be excited <laughs> about it. Like have some kind of plan. Like what, what's your first step? Like, yeah, that's all very important. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, like if you've got something you're passionate about and you're prepared to do the work, like just try, like who gives a shit? Especially now people our age can't afford houses. Yeah. You know, it's like, 
if you're going to be living at home till 30 anyway, you might as well quit your job, have your parents cook a meal for you <laughs> and start touring, you know, start playing music. Do, I mean, not start playing music, but like if you're playing music, start doing those tours, start taking shows that are further away, you know, find an old van on Kijiji, fix it up with your buddies and just drive, sure. you know, whatever it is that you need to do. I, I don't know. I'm, I could talk no, about I get this it. for if, 10 just, hours. Just seize the opportunities you have in front of you. Like if you have a, if you have a chance to do this, do it. And this is going to sound, actually, this is very relevant to the conversation. So I was talking to my mom last night, um, who recently, the place she was working for recently shuffled around how they do things. And her position, which was managerial, was no longer needed. So my mom was let go. Um, mm. Fortunately, she was looking at retirement in the next couple of years. So it, it wasn't like the craziest thing, but more than anything, it just was like painful to have been let go. Like for my mom, yeah. she was just like, it just feels like I failed, even though it was yeah. like, it was a restructure. It wasn't her. It was, she was very good at her job, um, but, but she lost her job. And fortunately she's got, I think uh, 16 months of pay still from the business, like as part of the severance and that's all yeah. great. Um, but now she's just like, what do I do? Like, you know, my, my friend is going to start a similar business. Maybe I'll get in on the ground floor with her and whatever. And I'm like, but, but she really wants to be creative and she really wants to, she, she builds these beautiful centerpieces and she builds these beautiful like, um, door ornaments and she does it for fun with her friends all the time. And every time she does it, she has these whole nights where, you know, 12 women come over, they all make these cool little door ornaments with her and she kind of directs them, leads it. And everyone leaves going like, Oh my God, like you got to sell these. Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, mom, you got a 16 months of pay right now and time. That's all you have right now is time and pay. Like people, beg people for beg that. for that shit. And, and that's an opportunity. Like if you have the chance here to seize this opportunity and try, I was like, it would be a shame if you didn't try. If you just jumped into this next job, 40 hours a week with this friend of yours, who's who might need you and might be a wonderful woman herself like mm. sure I'm, uh, you might be perfectly fine in that position but why wouldn't you take this chance now you're being paid to be at home take this chance like essentially that's a that's a free loan to start yeah. a business take four months on vacation and you still have a full literally year, do you know, know what i mean so like do your thing try like you have an opportunity here to literally just try it like try it out and and, and we were literally like not 12 hours ago, she and I were just talking about this. She's like, you know what? Yeah, I think, I think I should. And I'm like, of course you should. Of course you should. Because like, who cares? If not, you're just sitting at home on your iPad. Like you're not, do you know what I mean? Like it's not. 100%. And she's like, yeah, you know what? Like, why not? I'm like, exactly. Why not? Because who knows? It might be sick. It might not. That's fine. You still can go to that other job. But yeah. you have an opportunity here. And the way taxes work, yeah. salaries a lot of the time suck. The more money you make until you get to a, a crazy yeah. high threshold, you're making not that much more than the average minimum wage type job. Yeah. You know, like my staff with tips make more than most healthcare professionals. Yeah. They make almost as much as elementary school teachers. Yeah. You know, like that is terrifying. Yeah, and we don't even serve booze. Imagine bars where servers are coming home with two, 300 bucks a night in tips plus 120 or two hundred and fifty in, in wage. Like these people are making 500 bucks a day sometimes. Yep. Like that's insane. Oh, yeah. Like that kind of money. And so when people shame the service industry or whatever, I'm like, that's, that is the perfect place to start, make some money, put it in the bank and then work on your passion. For sure. You know? And, and they're like, putting the legwork in too. Like, I mean, I don't want to work a fucking weekend and an evening. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I, I don't want to close at 2 a.m., but they do no. it. And it's like, hell yeah. Put in the grind, right? Like 
my fiance Katie, she's been a nurse for three years. Her mom's a nurse. Her aunts and uncles are nurses. Her grandma was a nurse. Like everybody's a nurse in that family, you know? And she just took a leave so that she could come work with me and work with my brother as a trainer because her two passions, caring for people and making people healthy, right? So what better way to do that than as a strength coach and then working with someone that you love, right? And that's the beauty of it, right? It's like literally the nurse wage is so garbo for the amount of work and stress. Yeah, my girlfriend's a nurse and I, I, yeah, I, so so I get, get it. it. <laughs> it's so horrible yeah. that it's like after taxes, they're making RPNs anyway. They're sure. making like $21, $22 an hour. Mm-hmm. You make more than that working literally any service job mm-hmm. on average, sometimes way more than that, you know? And uh, not saying that if you love nursing and you don't mind the, the work, then God bless, do whatever you want to do. This is why I've been, I've been convincing everybody I care about to quit their job. Everybody. Yeah. My mom quit her, her job of 17 years at the casino to move to Welland and work with me. She did it and she's loving it, making more than she did before. That's the beauty of all these things. She'll probably deny it because she wants me to pay her more, but we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> she wants her piece. No. But yeah, the, the point being is like, you have to work at a place where you feel valued. Of uh, and whether that's working for somebody else or working for yourself, like if you don't value yourself, it's just as bad as working for someone who doesn't value for you, sure. you know? Absolutely. But man, this has been a, a blast. Time has flown by. We're already at like an hour 15. Oh, almost. damn. This is easy. Um, I can keep going. <laughs> no, and we probably <laughs> it will. It happens so uh, fast, yeah. In another occasion. But um, where can people find your work? Yep. And also where can, people conf- uh, where can people find Quite All Right? Yeah, so you can find Quite All Right on uh, you know, most social medias. Instagrams are most, uh, most active. So it's just at Quite All Right. Pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we are on Twitter as well, but that's not like... If you want to see us, Instagram, <laughs> Instagram at Quite All Right. Uh, our website, www.quitealright.ca. Um, I'm also on Instagram as at Real Sketchbag. Which I but, love. Uh, I always say sketchbag and I always think of you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm a, I'm a household name. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, truthfully, I'm, I'm less active on there now that uh, kind of all our eggs are in the quite all right basket. So quite all right's the place to be. Um, that's where you're going to where you're going to see what's up. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And so if you guys, uh, if, you, if you see Black Sheep online, uh, whether it's our website or our social media, uh, or if you come in store, literally anything that looks cool as a part of our <laughs> rebrand is Kojo and quite all right, and the team there. So, highly recommend if you're in the area or not appreciate and it. want to get something really cool really done appreciate it. to reach out to you guys. You've been listening to Above the Mug. Again, uh, we're going to be doing podcasts every Sunday at noon. This is the first one back after uh, too long of a break due to the pandemic, but uh, we're back in person doing it, and I'm stoked to be here. So, thanks for joining Man, us, Connor. Thanks so much for having me. Can't wait for part two. For sure. We'll see you soon. <laughs>